I love chicken. It's probably my favorite, but I don't think that you should have to pay for it. I think that chicken should be free. And the reason is that if you do do a search uh, at any given moment on any given day, city overrun with chickens, and you'll find that this happens all the time. It happens in Miami. Uh, it happens constantly in Kauai. It happens in Jersey. It's happened in England. Just round up the chickens. It's a, it's a service, in my opinion. They, uh, uh, they wouldn't use the word overrun if it wasn't a nuisance. So um, there's that out of the way. Just free chickens. There's enough of them. So no pay. There are some discrepancies to the story of how exactly buffalo wings came to be. Not buffalo wings, but wings in general. I used to love Wing Dome the most, but you could only get those from Seattle. And then I discovered Jamaican Jerk from Fire on the Mountain. And now that's all I ever want to eat. And um, I've probably eaten enough just during the course of my uh, pregnancy, my son being now almost 10, to, um, to probably fill the island of Kauai. But I don't like the wings. I just like the little drumettes. There's not enough meat on those wings. It's generally accepted that buffalo wings were created in Buffalo, New York. And most stories will trace them back to the Anchor Bar in the mid-1960s. The Anchor Bar was owned at the time by Frank and Teresa Bellissimo who later gave the establishment over to their son, Dominic. But Frank, Teresa, and Dominic all over the years have related a different version of the story. Teresa Bellissima's story is, it was past closing, early Halloween morning, 1964, and she was cleaning everything up when Dominic and a bunch of his buddies came by after a night of getting fired up and they wanted food. Teresa had been about to start a chicken stock to slow simmer overnight and had a big tray of chicken wings that hadn't been added yet. So she threw them under the broiler and then rolled them up in Dr. Dup hot sauce. The tub of dressing closest to the front in the cooler was blue cheese dressing and from the leftover trays of vegetables that had been laid out for bar patrons to snack on, the celery was largely untouched. So she took a bunch of that too and set it out for the guys and presto. Husband Frank Bellissima's version of the story was the goddamn delivery guys screwed up yet again and were supposed to deliver a regular shipment of chicken necks and backs to be used for chicken stock to go into the sauces. But they delivered a load of wings by mistake, which are not as good for stock. So we had words with them because you don't fuck over Frank Bellissima. But they refused to take the goddamn wings back. So he stormed into the kitchen with this big mass of wings that he didn't even want to pay for and shouldn't have had to. He should have called Kauai. He set them down on the counter and he said, well, Teresa, it looks like you're going to have to think of something to do with all these wings. Now, this was in the late afternoon of October 30th, 1964. Teresa had been complaining that no one ever ate the celery, so she served a bunch of that alongside the wings, and since the wings were hot and the celery was cool, people snapped it up, and she was more happy about discovering a way to get rid of all that celery than she was for a long time about the popularity of the hot wings invented by Frank. Son Dominic says, none of that's true. It was a Friday night, and he was not out all night with friends. He was being a good boy, passing the evening as was his wont, working diligently behind the bar, like a good, responsible son. The establishment had a large Italian Catholic clientele, 
and business was flowing that night. People were staying late and buying lots of drinks. So Dominic himself, without help from his parents, thought it would be a nice thing to do to have some meat-based snack prepared for after midnight when it would be Saturday and all these Italian Catholics could start eating meat again. So he did what any smart, enterprising son would do when hit with such a plan. He shouted back to the kitchen, Mom, make some meat things so people can have it to snack on after midnight. I put everything away, Mom Teresa shouted back. So Dominic tried to figure out what to make all by himself, but he was just making a mess and he was taking important cuts they needed for tomorrow. So Teresa shoot him out and took the meat they didn't have any designated use for, chicken wings. Although each version of the October night back in 1964 culminated with Teresa Bellissima actually coming up with the idea for the buffalo wings. 13 years later, when the mayor of Buffalo declared July 29th, 1977, Chicken Wing Day, it was done in honor of Mr. Frank Bellissima and his world-famous buffalo wings. There's also a faction that protests that chicken wings prepared, grilled, broiled, or deep-fried, and then rolled in a hot, spicy sauce were not a 1964 Jersey invention, but rather a standard dish that had been made by African Americans for decades and decades, most notably in the Buffalo, New York area, by an African American restaurant owner named John Young. His restaurant was called John Young's Wings and Things and had been serving what he called Mambo Wings, a variation on a dish he'd grown up with, for years and years and years before the Bellissimas started serving hot sauce chicken wings. By the time he started protesting, you guys didn't invent those things, you know, they're a cultural dish. The Anchor Bar had already had home of the original world famous buffalo wings painted like billboard size all across its front and was pulling in unreal tourist business and no one wanted to hear it from John. It didn't help John's protest that none of the claim layers was Bellissima. Try suggesting to an Italian cook with ties to the old country that pasta was maybe an invention of Asian countries and sit back and watch the reaction. By the mid-80s, John Young's restaurant had shut down. Depending on what story you believe, that's two minorities being the wife of Bellissima and the young John Young screwed over by hot wings. Then there is story number five, I guess it would be four, told by Bruce Razor, who was not quite as sharp as his name would imply. Throughout the early years of school, the most fun type of interaction to have with Bruce Razor was to say hi to him, but trill his name, like in the Don't Bring Me Down ELO song, Bruce, because he would get so disproportionately mad and sputter, stop it, stop it, stop it. So of course he had to keep doing it and doing it. But then immediately after high school, Bruce's parents bought him his own house. It was a tiny one, but it was still a whole house just for Bruce, age 18. And as he was the very first person in his age group to have his own house with no parental authority whatsoever, Bruce's popularity stock took a gigantic surging upswing amongst his peers. Reveling in this new status, Bruce was gripped with the nagging paranoia that this would all someday go away as abruptly as it had arrived. So he took on, as part of his new personality, the tendency to spread these grandiose lies that he hoped would be believed and maybe serve as something to fall back on should the novelty of him being an 18-year-old with a house where no parents would ever come home and expectedly ever wear off. 
his great-grandfather founded Adolf Coors so he could get free beer for life was one such claim. He attested this to anyone that would listen or was within earshot or sometimes would just sort of announce it to a room at large and everybody knew that it was pure bullshit but no one could really be bothered to check into it at all and no one wanted to risk disputing it in case it was true so people just took it as an excuse to never chip into a keg fund. Bruce also swore up and down that Heather Locklear had once let him feel her boobs at a New Year's Eve party in Chicago, where Bruce's uncle lived, and uh, the uncle was an administrator for the Chicago Bears. The uncle part was true, and Bruce had a picture of himself posed smiling at the camera, and Heather was near enough by that she could have been standing next to him, but as if that proved any boob contact had ever been made. Bruce showed that photo around every chance he got. He kept it in his wallet. Although the story sometimes varied whether he had gotten a handful of Locklear's boob before or after the photo had been taken. And sometimes it was but, and sometimes it was both. The idea was to make cute local girls at one of Bruce's parties think, if Heather Locklear is willing to have Bruce Razor's hands on her breasts, I guess there's no reason I shouldn't. But the best of everyone's knowledge, that never worked. You have to admit it was a bold attempt in the game of boob grabbing. Then one night barbecuing was happening and Bruce, after putting a huge plastic wrapped styrofoam tray of chicken wings on the grill, told a few people that his grandparents were the actual original inventors of buffalo wings and they had passed the secret original recipe on to him. Word of this latest lie was spread around the party, and people started coming up to Bruce and challenging him. I've met your grandparents, Bruce. They're from here, said one of Bruce's buddies. They live here now, said Bruce, turning the sizzling wings with tongs. They used to live in Buffalo. My dad grew up there. Ask him. Buffalo, Wyoming, said somebody else. That's not the Buffalo where wings are from. They're from Buffalo, New York. There was a big argument over whether Buffalo wings came from Wyoming or New York and whether they were actually any Buffalo in New York and if that made a difference. Bruce got gradually all pissed off more and more about being doubted. He took his plate full of cooked wings into the kitchen and made a huge production out of shooing everybody out so he could create and apply the top secret, super secret sauce. But he had these sort of gauzy picked out by his mother curtains over the small screened kitchen window. So party guests kept pushing each other aside to peek in, shouting out things like, what's that, Bruce? Is that Tabasco? Is that part of the secret sauce recipe? Is that Kraft's barbecue, Bruce? Is that original recipe or bold and spicy? Shut up, shut up, Bruce snapped, just like the good old days. Then finally, he was done with the wings and put them with the traditional cut celery and blue cheese dressing on the card table serving as lawn furniture outside. Now the buffalo wings that Bruce made might have been pretty good or they might not have been. I guarantee no one who was at that party remembers. What they do remember was the dressing. Blue cheese, a little mayonnaise, a little sour cream mixed up together in the blender. What Bruce had put in was blue cheese, only it had not been sold or labeled as blue cheese. It had been sold as uniformly creamy white Monterey Jack and had then waited in the back of Bruce's bachelor fridge until it gradually developed blobs within and a palomino coating without of thick, hairy, blue, green, and gray mold. 
Bruce's inventive Buffalo Wyoming grandparents when allegedly passing on the alleged secret recipe had allegedly neglected to point out to Bruce that blue cheese is not regular cheese that has turned blue. It turned out overall to be a bad night for Bruce, his own home or otherwise. Just thank God Heather Locklear wasn't there to see any of it. <laughs> 